You are now listening to the First Baptist Church of America's podcast. If you have any questions about our church, please check us out online at fbcamericas.org. This week, we continue our journey through John's gospel with Brother Keith's message, Facts That Lead to Belief, coming from John 10, 22 through 42. Let's listen in. Amen. We can rest in that, that never once will he leave us or forsake us. Forsake us. He'll hold us. That's what we're going to be talking about today. Have you ever um, watched Krispy Kreme donuts being made? Do you like Krispy Kreme donuts? So when they come off of the conveyor belt, you know, they come up out of the fryer, and they're on that little conveyor belt, and they're all going toward a, a fountain of glaze. You seen that? So they go through that fountain of glaze, and all the donuts get a nice coating of glaze. Now, most of the glaze falls all around the donuts, right? I mean, the donut is coated, but most of the glaze falls through to be recycled. I guess it comes back around and falls through again, but most of it falls around. And last week, I felt kind of like a donut with all of the truth that Andy Cook shared with us. All of the truth that he talked about, you know, a little bit fell on me, but most of it fell around me to be recycled, to come back again. But it wasn't just Andy Cook, because the Thursday before we began that last Sunday, I went to First Baptist Church Jacksonville for a pastor's conference. And so from Thursday afternoon to Saturday morning, I listened to like 12 or 13 sermons. And I listened to great preaching and and great teaching and and all of that. So for every day, for nearly a week, I had teaching. And so it's like glaze that fell all around me. But that's the way it is with when we listen to a sermon, when we listen to a Sunday school lesson, when we read our Bible, we get coded in that, and that's good. And the purpose of all of that is for our... uh, growing our faith so that what we believe is strengthened and it's encouraged and uh, we get saturated in the truth to deepen our faith. And as I sat in in Jacksonville and listened to those preachers, preachers like Erwin Lutzer from Chicago and Jim Cimbala from New York and from other places around the country, I'm thinking, I'll never be able to preach like that. And you're probably thinking, I wish you could preach like that. But we were reminded over and over through the conference. And the theme of the conference was broken vessels. We are broken vessels preaching to broken vessels. And we have this wonderful truth, this light in us. And we are jars of clay. So that when our jars are broken, the light of Christ can be seen in us. And so I don't have to be an Erwin Lutzer. Someone said during the week, and and it was a quote from somebody else, that good preaching is when truth comes through personality. When truth comes through personality. So I don't need to act like Erwin Lutzer or Jim Cimbala or Andy Stanley or David Jeremiah, anybody else. I just need to be me and tell you the truth of God's Word. And that's what I want to do. That's what I want to do today with our our passage 
in John 10, 22 through 42. Laurie has already read it. Remember, we're about halfway through John's gospel and we're nearing the end of Jesus' earthly life. And as I've said before, John's purpose in writing these things was so that uh, people would be led to belief, to belief in Jesus as Lord of life. So today I want to tell you about facts that lead to life-changing belief in Jesus Christ. So if you were able to be with us for Andy Cook last week, uh, I hope you learned, if nothing else, if you didn't hear him say anything else, I hope you learned to read your Bible in a different way. That as you read it, you begin to expect little details. And then when you find those details, you start connecting the dots because there's a wonderful consistency with God's Word. And so there's no way that anyone... Andy Cook or anyone else can teach us everything that we need to know about the Bible because there's always more to learn. But we can learn to read it and grow in faith as we read it. Notice, even here, the descriptions just in the first few verses. This happened in Jerusalem during the Feast of Dedication during the winter. And this would be the winter before Jesus is crucified in spring. So it's the Feast of Dedication, or sometimes it's called the Festival of Lights, and it takes place in December, and it's what we know today as Hanukkah. That is, it's a celebration of the rededication of the temple that was desecrated some two centuries before Jesus was born. But that's what it was all about. So we know when this happened, we know where it happened, and we know specifically where it happened in Solomon's colonnade in the temple at Jerusalem. And the Bible is full of details like that as if it really happened. It did. It did really happen. So that's the setting. Then notice verse 24. The Jews gathered around Jesus and said, How long will you keep us in suspense? If you are the Christ, tell us plainly. Now, they gathered around him. This was intended to be intimidation. They surrounded him because they knew that they were going to ask him a question about who he was. And then if they had him surrounded, then they could charge him with blasphemy. And so that was their intent, to intimidate Jesus. Jesus just simply replied, I did tell you, but you didn't believe. Now, if you remember, as we've been going through John, he has been making some bold claims about who he is. The living water, the bread of life, the light of the world. But he's been speaking mostly in metaphorical language to individuals or small groups of people. But now, here he was in the temple, the most public place in Jerusalem. And Jesus gave them the straight answer that they asked for. And I can just imagine Jesus there in calm confidence. In verse 30, he said, I and the Father are one. There it is. I and the Father are one. A claim of deity. No doubt about it. Jesus is claiming equality with God. And the leaders, they didn't miss it. They didn't miss it at all because they immediately picked up stones to stone him for blasphemy. So they understood the claim, 
but they still wouldn't accept the divinity of Jesus Christ. And, you know, I think there are levels of unbelief as well as levels of belief. That's why Jesus told the rich young ruler that he was not far from the kingdom of God. He had been seeking, he had been searching and getting close, but he had not stepped over into belief. Now just think about going to an airport. Your, your goal is to get on that plane. And so you make the progression all the way through, but then there comes a moment that you step into that plane. You have to step across the threshold. And I think that's the way it is with belief. We progress to the point that one day we step over into belief. So what are the facts here that lead to belief? Not just initial belief, but I think deepening belief and continuing belief. But first of all, the miracles. In verse 25, Jesus said, The miracles I do in my Father's name speak for me. His actions spoke for who He was. All the miracles that He did. In verse 38, He said, If you don't believe for any other reason, believe because of the miracles. And as you know, all of the miracles that Jesus did were signs that verified His claims of being God in the flesh. They verified what He said and confirmed His claims. The prophets had prophesied that the Messiah would come and He would come with power to heal people. Who else can make the lame walk? Who else can make the blind see or the deaf to hear or the sick well or the dead alive? Who else can do that but Jesus? He did. But remember, now we're not talking just about a history lesson of miracles. No, we're... we're we're talking about what Jesus still does. So consider the miracles all around you. I mentioned this a couple of weeks ago. Have you looked in the mirror at your eye lately? That's a miracle, the way that thing works. Have you considered that? Have you held a baby in your arms lately? That baby is not just a random collision of matter and cells. That baby is there because it's a design of God and it's a miracle of life. Have you considered creation? Flowers, plants, animals, stars, solar systems. Have you just stopped to think that all of this cannot be an accident? Someone has designed it and planned it. So miracles, past and present, are facts that lead us to belief. Facts that lead us to believe. Well, what else does that? The Scriptures. God has given and preserved the Holy Scriptures so that we could know Him and know what He has done for us through Jesus. And it's all there. And it's all true. There's a little detail here that we might just miss. We might just read over it. But Jesus gives us a little side note about what He thinks about Scripture. It's like a little parenthesis right there in verse 35. He says, the Scripture cannot be broken. And that little aside, Jesus is saying that it's all true. The Scripture cannot be broken. It's all true. And Jesus was always pointing to Scripture. And He did that in this passage in verse 34. 
After the Jews accused him of blasphemy, Jesus pointed them to Scripture. And as a master communicator, Jesus always knew his audience. And he knew his audience was well educated, well prepared. So he speaks to the religious leaders on their own level. He speaks to them as a rabbi. And he points, he says, their law, and in this verse, this case, verse um, 6 of Psalm 82. And his argument there was that the scripture referred to man who served as judges, and it called them God. So why would calling himself God be blasphemy since he was actually set apart and sent here by God? Now, we don't understand that argument, but the Jews did. They didn't miss it because they tried again to kill him right after that. So they understood it. The scriptures are about the facts of God's activity in this world. And as Andy Cook told us, archaeology is verifying them as true every day. So why believe? Believe because of the miracles. Believe because of the scriptures. But don't miss the people around you. Because one of the most convincing proofs that Jesus is real is the changing life of people you know. So don't miss the people around you, and how they are changing if they are in belief. Jesus did many miracles, and of those recorded in the Bible, most of those involved people. There were physical miracles, to be sure, but there were also spiritual miracles. He set people free from bondage, from things that bound them. He set them free. He turned hopelessness into hope. He encouraged the discouraged. Remember, we're not just talking about history. He did it then, but He still does it. He still sets people free. Are there people around you that you know who have been set free from bondage of some kind? Are there people that you know who have had their hope restored after a time of hopelessness? Have you witnessed a cruel person becoming kind? Have you witnessed extraordinary joy and peace in horrible circumstances? That's the work of God in the lives of people all around you. See, Jesus is still at work to nudge people toward life in Him. That's why He came. To nudge us to life and to deeper life with Him. Jesus told the Jews in verse 37, don't believe me unless I do what my Father does. You won't find any inconsistencies between God the Father and God the Son. None. What God does, Jesus does. There's no inconsistency because of the perfect unity in them. And God's desire is to give people life. And that's exactly what Jesus does does he gives life do you believe do you believe have you stepped into belief i encourage you to do that i want to conclude with just a word to unbelievers and a word to believers now i'd like to assume that everyone in this room is a believer but that's probably not the case 
But where are you in the progression of stepping into belief? Of stepping into faith? See, it's God's desire that everyone, not only every one of us, but everyone in the world, it's His desire to give everyone eternal life with Him. He wants to give you life as well. But not everyone will believe. And those who don't believe have no defense against our greatest enemy, death. Whatever you believe or don't believe about Jesus, no one can deny the reality of death. No one can deny that reality because it's all around us. We see it. We experience it. But Jesus came and died in order to deliver you from that ultimate enemy, eternal death. That's why he came. That's why he offers life to you. So if you are seeking truth in this world, you will find it in Jesus Christ. And I want you to hear that. That you will find whatever you're seeking in this world, you will find it all in Jesus Christ. So I urge you to believe. And then a word to the believers. I would say, of those who do believe in Jesus, he says in verse 28, he says, I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. No one can snatch them out of my hand my Father, who has given them to me, is greater than all. No one can snatch them out of my Father's hand. So do you see that? There is a double security there. Not only are you in the hands of Jesus, but you're in the hands of God as well. Therefore, do you live in the confidence that that security can bring you? I want you to see this. A few years ago, I did an object lesson on this passage, and I used a little man like this for those children to see, but I want you to see it, and I want to go another step with it today. So Jesus said, of those who believe, he holds them in his hand. And at this point, I asked the children to get the little man out of my hand. Of course, they couldn't, but I want to go another step. Clint, would you come and help me? Clint's got some uh, pretty big hands, so that's why I chose him. Clint, now, I'm representing Jesus. You're God. Would you clamp down on my hand? Clamp down really good. Ow. <laughs> uh, let's see. Hannah, would you come up? All right, so I'm representing Jesus. The believer is in my hand, and... Clint is representing God. You, unfortunately, are representing death. That's not a good part, but it's part of life, and it's real. So would you get the little man out of my hand? Go ahead. I don't know. You tell me. You can't get him out. Do you see the picture? Now, all right, thank y'all. Th that's a weak illustration of the reality of who God is. It's impossible for death to touch us who believe. 
we are that secure. When they were building the Golden Gate Bridge, when they started that, people were falling. And they were falling to their death. And it affected the workmanship. And it affected the speed at which they were working. So they developed a way that they could put a net underneath the bridge. So that if a worker fell, he would fall into the net. And so it changed the working atmosphere. And they didn't work in fear anymore. They worked in confidence. And I want to say to you this morning, would you live your life in confidence, knowing that Christ has you? And even, and this doesn't mean you won't get sick. This doesn't mean that you won't have trouble. doesn't mean that at all. Because the Bible doesn't promise that. But it does promise that after your sickness, after your trouble, after your death, Jesus is going to deliver you into the presence of God in His kingdom forever. You will be delivered just like that. Do you believe that? If you believe, then you have that assurance. If you don't believe, then you don't have assurance. And again, may I urge you to believe. This is God's Word. Let's pray. Father, we thank You again for the Word that tells us who You are, it tells us who we are, and it tells us what You have done for us through Christ. So Lord, I pray for those who are progressing toward belief and I pray that you would help them to take that final step of belief. And those who do stand in belief, Lord, that we would not be satisfied where we are but would continue to take steps of deepening belief, growing faith, so that truly people around us would see Christ in us. And Lord, let it be for your glory, for your honor. Through Jesus, I pray. Amen. If you would like to know more about what it means to follow Jesus or maybe to just deepen your relationship with Jesus, we would love to help you out with that. You can find our contact information on our website at fpcamericas.org. And tune in next week as we continue our journey through John's Gospel.